0: Hi everybody! Welcome back to Waves of Change. I'm Dr. Mankit Lee,
1: and I'm Diana Chu. We are both therapists in San Francisco. Today we're going to talk about is depression a choice? Ooh, well, touchy, touchy. The reason why it came up for me is because um, sometimes, as a therapist, I found that like a lot of times, like so stuck with the client, which might have depressive symptoms and and. And it's just like, wait, is this client really, can we change that? Is that a choice that the client is doing to make me feel like I'm not a competent therapist? And also at the same time, um, there's no hope to this because the client choose to be, de- to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think like that, that's something that comes into my mind because, um, I, I'm having, These conversations with different clinicians, um, specifically with those, especially with teenage, um, you know, teenagers these days with the pandemic happening. And there's a lot of clinicians is experiencing um, clients who are not going to school, doesn't have a, you know, a normal activity. um, And it just kind of deteriorates.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if I'm if I'm right, and just can clarify you saying that you, this came forward because you have a client who you're treating, or you know a, a colleague is treating, and mm-hmm. they're depressed and they're not responding to treatment, all right, or something yeah. along the line, and then they're mm-hmm. very hopeless. And I think I think that's a really common experience for a lot of therapists out there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, mm-hmm. is a diagnosis a choice?
0: I'm sorry. Oh yes, diagnosis of choice. Yeah. You know, it's it's controversial because you know we are living in a in a time where we firmly believe that you know, mental illness is an illness that we don't choose to be sick per se, right? And mm-hmm. if you want to take that to the more extreme version, right? Uh you can talk about like a Glassers therapy, where it's like, you know, uh, uh depression is a choice. You do he so Glasser's therapy, he doesn't say um you're depressed, he'll say, you're depressing like like a verb mm-hmm. like you know you're bipolaring which makes no sense right but it's it's the one extreme version of that however i think we are moving away from that kind of thinking um, as a field mainly because we do not want to blame the client for mm-hmm. experiencing hardship right But still, sometimes in the therapy room, it kind of does look like that. Like, hey, we have all these interventions, and yet, like, you know, you're not doing any of them. And I can imagine that'd be very irritating. I don't have to imagine that it's very irritating.
1: It is very irritating when a (laughs) client is just like, I know all the mindfulness or um, all the skills or techniques that you're telling me about, Mm -hmm. but I have a hard time using them because uh, I just don't want to use them, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. like. Like that's, that's irritating. Mm-hmm. So um, what's your take on that, Lee? Is depression a choice? Ooh,
0: fantastic question. I think, well, it's going to be a long answer. It's going to be a real long answer. Like all my answers. Okay. I do think depression is, um, is a semi-conscious process. I think it's part of it is a choice, uh, but not in a traditional sense a choice as in uh, a choice to utilize depression to survive. It's a survival mechanism, right? And I think part of it is uh, neurological, biological. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a combination of like, you know, psycho, social, all that good, psycho, bio, all that good stuff. So um, to kind of summarize, right, I see depression as a way it's like almost like hibernation. All right. The body is spending less energy. So, therefore, it is um, moving slower. And when it's moving slower, you spend even less energy and they kind of get into this perpetual loop. Right. And then you feel slow, you feel sluggish, and then you're not really thinking that fast. And it's really good for hibernation. That's also why folks with depression, they sleep a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, me myself suffering from a living with a, a a mood disorder, I know when I'm depressed, I'm just like napping nonstop, like depressed napping. Right. Yeah. And I think that's also why depression is so hard to come out of, because um one metaphor I like to use is that depression is a like a really comfy blanket. Right. It's a really, it's a weighted blanket. It's a weighted blanket. It's comfy. It keeps you down. It's warm. You're familiar with it, but it's kind of like smelly. You haven't watched it for a while. So it's like, Mm -hmm. gross and it's kind of like, it doesn't feel good. But it's also very comfy. Right. You know what it is. So there is some merit in being in a depressed state.
1: Yeah. Like i well, I think like one of the things that I uh thought about when we say is depression a choice it's there's like if it's a choice there's some element of control in there um, and I wanna say that sometimes the live situation or the hormones or the biochemical reaction like you know the the serotonin you know those might not be things that we can control um as well, because the environment doesn't allow us to do it. So, i I would argue that, like for for the most part, um, depression is not a choice, um, because of how the environment potentially we could not could not change that.
0: Mm, I don't, I agree with that. I do not agree with that because if based on that definition, that means those who are stuck in. Uh, tumultuous environments are all depressed
1: um, or,
0: or, or they, they, they cannot produce serotonin because they cannot change their environment, right?
1: I think there's a difference between like struggling with the environment uh-huh. and also feeling depressed about, you know, the situation. Uh-huh. But I'm, I, I think the differentiation for me is that when a person is in that loop it's hard mm-hmm. to change and there's no control over it because when the environment is perpetuating um, the experience.
0: Hmm. I think that kind of brings us back to like um, the, the difference between like alenchonic and autochonic uh, treatment mm-hmm. where one is to change the environment and the other one yeah. is to change within the self. And I think when mm-hmm. you can't change the environment, you know, that's where it requires to make some internal shifts, right? Um, and I think that's what therapy is designed to do, to kind of, like, help clients move in such a way they can navigate through the hardship. Because hardship mm-hmm. is, like, and suffering, they're, like, givens. No one goes through life without suffering. Uh, but it's how you navigate through those suffering that really matters, Um but yeah, I do agree with you. There are, there is a part of, um, depression that is not a choice. And I think that part is how have to do more genetics. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are this, this research saying that if your parents, uh, or anyone in your know, ancestry that have lived with depression, then your, your risk of develop, develop depression in your life is like really high. Not really yeah, high, that's true. Like much higher, I should say.
1: Much higher. Much higher. That's the yeah. reason why, um, you know, when you do intake in, in therapy sessions, you ask about like the oh, what do you know if your family members have uh, different diagnosis or mental health diagnosis in the past, and that actually shed lights into the treatment um, as well. Yeah, like that kind of sucks, right? Like to genetically um have like less serotonin or or are prone to more depressive state. Um.
0: Mm. you know I personally struggled with that before. I struggled with that saying, man, why why is my brain so broken? Right? Like Mm. why come uh okay, so for those don't know, like I'm pretty open with my life that I'm living with bipolar two disorder. Um and it was a struggle and still a struggle, but um I will not trade it for anything. Because mm-hmm. it is a, it, it definitely enriches my lived experience. But with that said, I there is a time where myself going, man, I I wish my brain was not broken. Right? I I wish that I'm not um I'm, uh, 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 neurotypical, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I'd also realize that my liver is pretty amazing, and my kidney is also pretty amazing too. Like I have a pretty awesome <laughs> kidney, like it's so like it's a good kidney, right?
1: So it's like a give and take, you know, like um, in different areas of life, I'm good at this, but also like it's it's like a balance.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because like the brain is one of the many organs that we have. It's yes, a very important organ, but it's only one that carry shame with it when it is mm-hmm. you know n- imperfect not you know, working not not yeah. typical right like no mm-hmm. one is haha you know like your liver sucks like haha like, your colon how's wrong with your colon like you know <laughs> if you yes, have but colon would, yeah
1: but on the, on the flip side people will be like oh you are having like these symptoms like why don't you kick it out you know like just like snap it out snap yeah. it out, right like that's a, a, the whole different version of it yeah
0: just turn off your diabetes just stop it just <laughs> just decide to process sugar <laughs> you know it's it's it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that yeah. so mm-hmm. kind of going back to depression being um a semi-choice i think it is if someone is um It's like the same stress dialysis theory, right? Like someone at risk for developing depression runs into a situation that fostered depression and then they develop depression. They're now in a depressed state. Things got Mm -hmm. long, they get comfortable. Um, Now they're stuck in this loop. So then um, which part is a choice? I think the part that's a choice is the part that depression feels safe and the client wants to stay within that safety, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's very normal. That's very normal.
1: because that's like how our body kind of like understand, you know, like in an animal standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. like um, it is really our coping mechanism is kicking in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's how we protect ourselves.
0: In control mastery theory, we'll, we'll maybe we'll theorize that the person is depressed, maybe that it's a safe position to be in the environment. Maybe they're in an environment that's very like hectic right i have clients who are living with like pretty severe depression and what came out of therapy was that by being depressed the client was able to be small in a in a family environment and draw little attention to herself right the less mm-hmm. energy she exudes the less attention she draws to herself cuz it's simply not safe right and she grew up in that environment so dep- it for her depression is like a like a defense and in therapy she's almost asking for permission Or testing a boundary, testing the, um, the pathogenic adaptation of, do I still need to maintain the depressive state? So yeah, that's, that's the choice of it. It's, it's semi, like I say, semi conscious. I don't think they're like, yes, today I'll be depressed. Today's a depressed Tuesday. You know, I don't think that's the case. Right. But I do think like, hey, is today a day that I want to push myself and go out and do some behavioral activation? Do I have that in me? Do I – and also, remember, hopelessness is a part of depression.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of – this is a thing that we miss as well. The hopelessness that we felt as therapists, um, it, is, it, is, it is transference. It is the experience of the client – and how can we use that in a way where we can we can understand and have the empathy and and be able to um, you know move it a little bit on on how you hold the idea of hopelessness within the therapy room? Mm.
0: You know, one way of looking at things. My way of looking at things <laughs> is that um, the sadness and the hopelessness that the therapist feels I think that's part of the recovery process mm. and I think that is actually a sign of effective treatment and here's why I think that um f- the feelings of depression it is a test from the client yes right they're testing you uh, uh is like a like a uh, a form of like trying to Bring you down and try to connect with you. So both of you in the same state of like, you know, hopelessness and despair. And then I think subconsciously they're trying to see, can you bring yourself out of it? Yeah.
1: Can you Can you mirror me? Right? Can, can, can
0: you, you mirror me and bring yourself out of it? And not in like a way. So there's a difference between bringing yourself out of it versus detaching. So if you're depressed, I'm engaging with you. I'm very depressed now. I'm down, right? I can feel better by either a, you know, f- use coping mechanisms and stuff that we or do talk about to bring mm-hmm. yourself out of it, right? Using those breathing techniques, whatever it is, to bring yourself out of it. Another way is I can detach from you, I can disengage from you. I'm like, ooh, that's 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 not good. That's you. That's your stuff. Now you deal with that, right? There's another way we can do it. So I think the test is the client goes, okay, you, can, you say you can help me. Okay, show sure. Prove it. Prove it. Prove that you can help mm-hmm. me. And yeah. I think there's a subconscious message there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, 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 when you're talking about it, it reminds me of a client when I was an intern um, that every single time I, I meet this client, I'm so tired. Like I want to sleep because this client's like super depressed. And I, one of my, uh, my supervisors just like, why not just nap with the client? <laughs> and, so with I, the client. All right. and so I went in, in the session and just like, oh like hey do you feel like it's kind of like sleepy in here and just bring in Mm -hmm. like my experience um of interacting with the client Mm -hmm. and just like i kind of like feel like i I need a nap and and Mm i asked asked the client oh are you tired too and then of course he's just like yeah i want to sleep right now and so the client kind of like napped um i'm doing air quotes right here napped for like three minutes Mm-hmm. And then when the client woke up, we both napped together. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, when the client and me woke up, like it's a whole different session. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kind of like moved the energy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's different because like we have I acknowledge the the experience that I have with the client that mm-hmm. is so tiring and depressing, and being there with with the
0: client. You passed yeah. the passive to active test. That's a, that was a classic <laughs> passive active test. Good job
1: yeah i'm wondering if you have like scenarios like that in your practice. oh
0: absolutely oh absolutely so um i combine so based on studies research right one of the best treatments for depression is um cbt right mm-hmm. but i don't like to do pure cbt or just straight up cbt because i find it to be um more difficult for a lot of Asian-Americans to just straight up accept. So I could integrate it other practices, especially MI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing, I have a client that was incredibly depressed, came in and when he comes in, he's always mopey and just like, ugh, uh, I don't know what's, uh, it's just really down. And then f- the first month or so, all I was to him was someone to hear him out and mm-hmm. normalize. And reflect. That's all I did. Just hear him out, listen, normalize, reflect, listen, normalize, reflect. Because I want to kind of join him in his depressive world. Right. I want to be a stable figure in the depressive world. And once i feel like I'm in there, right? Where because I like went in the room is very I was very depressed. I was really down. where right? I kind of bring out my downness and just kind of join him with that. And afterwards, the way I made a shift was that um I I give him very small assignments and I make it very funny. Maybe I use a lot of humor. I told him that, hey, um, I want you to do one change and one change only. And that is keep, I asked him, like, do you like nuts, like peanuts? And, and for a lot of folks, you know, like nuts are very, like, um, like they have a lot of like fat in it, like calories. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I like, I love peanuts and, you know, it's whatnot. And I'm like, do you eat breakfast? And he's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, all right, I'm not a nutritionist, but I would like for you to have some quick snacks. Like, like by your bed. And when you, I want you to, this treatment, I want you to wake up in the morning, you can eat the snack and you can go right back to bed. I don't care what you do after that. Just eat the snack in the morning. That's all I want you to do. And you do that for like a week. And finally, he did it for a week. And he goes, Yeah, I feel better. Like I feel more energy. And I think that's when I started to explain to him, Of like, okay, now what you did, there was could be hair activation, here's the cycle, like here's the network. And I'm doing all this while being very like strength-based, extremely Mm -hmm. strength-based, right? And while simultaneously also holding how depressed he is. So by by doing that, he can, I'm creating space for him to slowly move towards recovery, right? Absolutely.
1: That's a great example because you are able to identify what kind of small thing that the client could do to break the loop Mm -hmm. a little bit, just little by little. Mm -hmm. Um, Just nuts, you know, like
0: (laughs) the metaphor that I use a lot is like I told them that depression is a is a really big is a machine. Well, this is as a machine. The reason why depression keeps running and running and running and running for many years is because it's a machine. Uh one thing leads to another. Sleep affects mm-hmm. your eating, affects your sleep, affects your work, right? And and it's it can be overwhelming. And it is overwhelming. But the good news is that because it's a machine, it's all interconnected. And that means if they, you remove one piece, the whole thing comes crashing down. If you fix your sleep, the whole thing comes crashing down. If you have regular eating, things come crashing down. There's a lot of things we can do to disrupt this depressive machine.
1: All right so there are possibility of kind of like a choice in disrupting the machine
0: i think we should look at choice as not as like a responsibility like oh you, you choose to be terrorist. i think it's a choice as recognizing that we are not as powerless as we think we are that even the most disparate time we do have power so with that yeah. said well thanks everybody stay powerful stay safe and uh yeah check back with us next week and Uh, We'll come back and talk more about psychology. Psychology. Psychology.